When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the friend zone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend. Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. Let's start the show. I'm in the zone. Ice everywhere, ice everywhere, ice everywhere, ice everywhere. Oh, bitch, it's snowing hell, girl. Oh, yeah. Bitch, this is not right, girl. I have to go get the fire logs. Bitch, I have to go get the wood this morning, girl. The wood. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> welcome to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things mental health, mental hygiene, and mental. What is the thermostat on? Okay? Because it's cold as hell outside. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Yes, it is unseasonably warm right now in New York City, right? You know? But that don't mean it's hot. It's still cold. Right. It's just warmer than it normally was. I walked outside yesterday... That motherfucking wind went to wrapping its withered hand up around my <laughs> neck and my clavicle and, and chest bones and shit. What's it that right now? Up. Well, right Ooh. now, I'm going to tell you what it is right now. I, it's not y'all, has, y'all have 70 degree weather? I heard no. it was like, Mm-mm. no? I heard they have it in the South, though. When I was talking to my mama, she said it was like 67, 65. I was like, 60 what now? Who lied to me? It's 45 <laughs> degrees here right now. Now, that may sound good to a motherfucker who is in 13 degree weather, right? Okay. The wind is but still 45 biting. is still cold. And not only is it biting, it's biting like one of them little kids with the silver teeth. <laughs> It is biting. Do you hear me? I was walking. I said, God damn. I went to wrapping and zipping and buttoning and fastening. I had to put everything <laughs> together I could to block me and protect me from the elements. <laughs> I am cold. The older I get, I be cold. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Heat Tech. What's Heat Tech? The clothes? Mm-hmm. The Uniqlo? The little, uh, oh, Uniqlo. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They little yes. thermals. And they all, I, I always got me a pair up under something now because the wind, if, if it touches my I skin, I'm over. But Uniqlo. I got the thermals on. I feel just a little bit calmer, but it's mm-hmm. not the perfect. I can't take it. And when it gets cold, I'm cold. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to go to Aspen. I'm, I'm not, not nice. I'm it's not even nice. cold here, though. <laughs> the property manager was, like, sending me an email about, you know, has some shit because they were going to have, like, um, some frost coming and showing me tips on preparing the house and whatever. And he was like, seems like you brought that frost from the East Coast. <laughs> I hope you did like this. <laughs> Sometimes Child. you gotta go to the old school versions again. Smoke you. No, I was just like, I didn't even respond, but I was just like, this is really fucking cold for the West Coast, okay? I didn't move here to be in New York ass 30 degree weather, okay? But it's, I want but it's bullshit. Weather. 
I know it's really cold though. Although cold. part of the PNW aesthetic, right? Right? Like when you think mm-hmm. about Pacific Northwest and the aesthetic, you do think about layers of boots like and wool socks and you know, all that kind of shit. True, but still, it, yeah. I didn't think it wasn't this cold last year when I first got here. Yeah, who it was wants probably to be like cold? 40s. Right. You know? I don't want to be hot or cold. I just want to be comfortable. Is that too much of fucking ass? I just want to be comfortable. Seventy two. Even LA's been 72. cold. Oh, that would be. Let's move to Miami. Wow. Let's go. Bienvenido Welcome to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can talk about this now because I am not in jury duty. Oh my god! I was just going to ask you how uh, you know I knew I knew it was coming, and I, and I almost was going to wait for you to ask me, but because the case that was uh, the case that I am not on and was not going to be on because mm-hmm. I was not going to be on it, and I am not on it. So praise God, Amen. It has to do with ice. So I was just sitting here this whole time thinking about, woo! Thank God. It has to do with ice. It had to do with something with ice. Oh, spice. Lord. No, 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 not the spice. <laughs> Immigration. Not, no, not ice spice. Oh no, oh, the no. maga ice. No, 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 no. I like ice and snow. And it's, oh, even no. I got it wrong. I'm thinking you talking about this immigration no. case. No, see, well, maybe I should have just let y'all get it wrong because I don't know if I'm supposed to be specific talking about it anyway. But let me just say <laughs> this: I went through three days of hell, and I am so glad that they are over. And whoever is involved in the court system, y'all got to do something about playing with people's time because y'all only giving people forty dollars a day. Mm. And for forty dollars a day, well, if y'all gonna just be moseying around and shuffling and not really leave giving us a damn, out of it. leave us. Do not make it my civic duty to be in y'all BS. And that is why that was the main reason that I was excused with prejudice. And thank you to everybody <laughs> that decided to listen to me when it was my turn to speak, because I had to listen to a lot of bullshit for three days, for three days. For Wait, case on- please tell us how this went down. Like how did, yeah, where in the court did you just start talking? Like, did you just snap? What happened? Okay. So I'm going to give you the short version. Cause I don't really know how much this I'm supposed to be saying anyway. So I'm going to just say allegedly too. Cause I don't want to, you know, like, I don't know what we're dealing with here. You know, I don't want the feds coming to me say I did that shit. Cause the feds said I did that shit. I did that shit. So allegedly, y'all. So while I was, you know, you, you show up, you got to wait to do a selection. Mm-hmm. We got selected. Now, when you get selected, they basically take a pool of people to go interview to see if they want to actually select you to do like a, you know, another, a, a final selection of jurors. I am in a room of like 30 people, but for whatever reason, this particular case involves, I'm going to be dramatic and say 10 lawyers. Okay. You know, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. So if it was just, you know, two, three, four lawyers may be fine, but you know, we dealing with more than that. So it's already a mess. It's a mess that we are now being involved in. Day one, they have interviewed, they brought up six people. They've interviewed maybe two day two, they brought up the same six people. They end up sending the rest of them back. They and so then they brought up like four more. They asked one question, and then like what they was had y'all to doing keep... all day. Oh. Literally, so when they take Sitting us from around. one room, uh, you know, the lawyers have to take us into a court, and that's when they start explaining everything to us, and that's when they start, you know, examining us or cross-examining us or doing whatever they're doing to try to figure out if we, you know, can do our job. Which I already didn't. look. <laughs> And baby, when I tell you on every break, like you and then some, <laughs> um, 
it was just they it was just nothing but waiting. They took us into a courtroom. They explained everything to us. And then you have to sit and wait while they're talking to the other jurors. They're not even talking to you. Then you go on this break Then they come back. And, you know, you hopefully you get selected. If you don't get selected, you get thrown back into the courtroom. I mean, uh, the main like jury selection. But they would not throw us back into the main jury selection, which was pissing most of us off the most because they weren't even getting through the questions to interview most of us. So we were like, well, if y'all not going to interview us, then why are y'all playing with us? Because by the time we're done with some of this, y'all might send us back down here anyway. So if I spend four or five days up here with y'all and then y'all got to send me back down here, somebody's really going to get it. But after three days of mess and, you know, they finally had me up there and they asked, you know, does anybody have any problems with how things have been moving? A few people spoke up. And then when Why I would said, they even ask that question, well, yeah, well, because we have been expressing, I, I would have answered. Let me tell you how we left on Friday and they were like, um, one, one, I'm so sorry to the to the person. Somebody had said something and it took me off. It was one of the people working. I'm gonna just what say what they say to you. No, they were just was like they you talking know, to you or somebody else. Well, they were talking to all of us and they were like, okay. "We sincerely apologize." I was like, huh, "Y'all hear how they just gonna lie and say they sincerely apologize when they easily could have just truthfully said, you know, our bad. We don't know what's going on. We gonna get it together." And then make it better, but they gonna lie and say sincerely, uh, sincerely with a stone cold face as they continue to mosey. And so everybody else in the courtroom was up in arms with me because they were already pissed, and I'm the first one to be like, "Oh hell no!" Like, so it was just domino effect. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to look. I was up front. I was like, I was not trying to poison the pool, but y'all are playing with all of us. And so I'm gonna speak up for myself. But everyone involved that feels so inclined, you know, if you want to raise your hand, raise your hand, and they were doing so. So, you know, we got it going, and I am gone. Shout out to the jury system. I will not see you for eight so years. So you don't have to go Brooklyn. back, right? You for eight done. years. I might stay in Brooklyn for eight years just because I know I ain't got to go in on that. And year eight, I'm out. So now I heard you say it was dismissed with prejudice. Now, I have never heard you say <laughs> no, anything excused. about a group of people. <laughs> so you prejudice? No. They, 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 I ain't never prejudice? heard you talk. I ain't never heard you say no prejudice shit. You know what's funny? Optically, <laughs> look, look, so, so look. Doesn't sound like that little boy. You got eczema. <laughs> you prejudiced? You prejudiced? I, no, I never heard you say, you know. I, look, I ain't prejudiced, but I am a little biased because mm, they were trying to figure out if you biased or not. You get back to work. Well, A, that, but optically, it all looked wrong anyway. Like the way that the case was set up, I was like, I'm biased. I already, you know, I've seen enough how to get away with murder and, and law and order SVU. You can do the wall. You can do the I'm walk. sitting up here like, I already know who what's right and what's wrong and what which way I'm going. So honestly, I'm not a good fit. Like, like that's literally how I was feeling. Raise Before your hand we got like, to- I'm racist. I don't Look, think I should be on pretty the jury. <laughs> Because you know, it looks it looks really messed up when you're asked to do a case and it's like, all right, well, it's gonna be like a class action, a whole bunch of people against a bunch of big corporations. And it's literally a bunch of big corporations with like 30 lawyers already lined up to be like, all right, well, we're gonna take all these people out. It's like, well, damn, I'm not on y'all side because all y'all think y'all finna take everybody out. Like, like I was already like, okay, well, I've already I know what I'm supposed to do, but I gotta be real with y'all. I don't know if I can do that. But we couldn't even get there because they were being so crazy and messy about everything else. And that's when you tell them, you don't scare me. I wanna see the facts. And you know what? It's unfortunate because you want to be of service, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of the reasons people end up behind jails because we not on jury duty because we're trying to figure out ways to get the fuck out of it. When we do get called or we ignore it, we ignore the mail or we find ways to kind of like finesse it. And it's sad because you would think that they would. I mean, obviously, it's intentional because. 
otherwise. If it was an easier process, we might be more inclined to being a part of it. But it's just because mm-hmm. I've done jury duty too, and it was so stressful and such a waste of your time and the back and forth, the sitting around and going this room and that room. And it's just like, what the fuck? Of course Friend, you don't want that letter when it comes. You know, I went off on them and I said, you expect us to come be a service like when how? you all moseying around <laughs> in and out the courtrooms, coming back late from... They were coming back late from... They would tell us to show up at 10 o'clock. We show up at 10 o'clock. We not getting into the courtroom until 10, 45, 11 o'clock. That's they don't problem. even do the first and question. And that's surprising because they're not even getting the first question later. until 11, 45. Right. And then it's one question. So now we've waited around till one o'clock and now you're like all right we'll come back at 2 15 it's a big For waste what? of your time we come back at yeah. 2 15 we don't get started till 2 45 oh hell no and you think you're gonna waste my time doing this now with evidence and stuff involved i don't even want to do this don't put me on this don't put me nowhere near this don't call me for this i am not doing this That's for the people sucks. that want to do this they should do this and they should be allowed to like there should be a vote like there should be like the people that want to do it pull and then like the people that don't want to do it pull for the people that want do, that don't want to do it you know could you still be useful if you decide to do it or just be real you ain't doing that shit and it's like yeah, I could be useful <laughs> but I need the time or blah 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 like let's be really real about all of this because if we keep doing it this way you're going to get a lot of me's that are coming in and out of there you're going to get a lot of people that will just do it like out. fuck it I'm going to just do it and I'm going to just say whatever because I got to do it not yeah. because I actually want to do it and they don't <laughs> treat you well they treat oh, you no. like you're being entitled just for like not wanting your time and wasted. it's $40 a day you're not even getting water breaks or, or, or time to actually you get that one break after they've wasted all your time from beforehand anyway I'm like oh hell no it's you terrible. know if it was me on trial right because that's what I like to do is put myself in the shoes depending mm-hmm. on what kind of shoes they are um I would want some motherfuckers who didn't want to do jury duty on my I don't want no but no bitch that's looking forward to jury duty on my goddamn jury. Who listens to true crime yeah, podcasts yeah. and is waiting for their moment to shine. Yeah, for I moment to, to make a difference and a pivot. I want a nigga <laughs> that don't want to be there in the first place. Because they know it's going to be fair and be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, da, 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 like that's what I want. I don't want no damn, you know. But that's why I feel like it should be like half and half. So for the ones that don't want to be there that are arguing with the ones that do want to be there, they feel like ah, this is an open and shut case because the one that's not going to be there is going to do that for those other ones. And they're going to really have better engaging conversations versus ones that kind of sit back and it's like, all right, well, three of those three, they didn't engage in all. So now we could just swing those votes or whatever. That's why we don't need their ass. We just need a bunch of people that don't want to be there. I don't want y'all talking to nobody. I want everybody in the damn chambers (laughs) doing like this. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I want so they can take in the details and get me done with this shit as quick as possible and be on my side poison. we all ended up talking to each other Kiki and it was terrible I was like we was all bonded I was like we all was like we are on a TV show we were like we're like, we know there has to be cameras in here like we are bonded it it's crazy, terrible huh? it was that crazy and if it was and honestly from hearing the case I was like you know what this would be something I would try to do. Like on day one, I was really trying to give it a chance. But then day two, they were trying. I was like, is this supposed to be like this? Oh, no. <laughs> and then today, I can't even. They had a new lawyer. Never mind. The new lawyer, I, he was the one I've been into. The new lawyer, he wasn't even there. I was like, you weren't even here last week. So let me just tell you. <laughs> and that's what kicked it off. Oh, God. But it's over now. I'm delivered. I apologize yeah, to the people you. because I wish, I really wish I could be of service. And one day, maybe I will. But if the court is like that, 
Yeah, I really wish I could tell y'all about the lawyers. Like that's what really was like. Oh no, y'all are all playing. Like this is like you have got to be kidding me. But I can't do any of that. I'm gonna leave it right here. I feel like I've crossed a lot of lines and I've done a lot. So can you <laughs> say? You. Can you say whether or not you thought the person did it? Ooh. I can't get into any of that. You well, ain't getting nothing. We don't even know what the case was. We don't know nothing. All I want to know is if you were to have been on that <laughs> trial because you weren't. You were let. You left. Right. You were excused with prejudice. Right. Well, there's the answer. That's the that's the course coming to get me because mm-hmm. uh, that means you, that you means at? you was gonna vote yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> With that being said, <laughs> so I have a black business of the week for us. Okay, um, man. yes. I, so I went back into remember I told you guys I had put out that tweet that mm-hmm. prompt last year or maybe we the year that before. List. Okay, and we have so we have hundred plus black businesses to choose from, which is a treasure trove. So I went mm. did did some digging for this week's black business, and y'all look how cute! Can y'all see that? Those of you that are watching, uh, Chloe and Holly, Dustin <laughs> Ross. These <laughs> are. <laughs> so Your pause made it funny. I'm sorry, friend. <laughs> Zuri and Dre. <laughs> These oh, are black oh, plushie dolls. They are so adorable. There's one that oh, looks like Storm. Yes. I tagged you with Sante because it was just so cute. You see the Storm one, the cosplay yes, one? Yes, with the, both, the, the ponytails. I can't take it. So cute little black plushie cute. dolls. I love that. Um, Right, it's created by Danielle. She's a minimal graphic designer and illustrator from Montreal, best known for self-published coloring books called Black Queens and Black Kings. Apparently, her coloring books have gone viral on social media, which gave her the opportunity to have segments on television and lots of local and international platforms. And then from that viral social media post, um, she was able to publish a book with Harper Collins called My Hair, which is so bomb. <laughs> Coloring books, it. published books. And then from that, she was able to create these black plushy dolls called Zuri and Dre. For those of you who want to uh, figure out the website is Z-U-R-I. I'm like, hey, okay, friend. <laughs> wow. I might need to go after the weekend I had. <laughs> I see it. Can you do this? Like, <laughs> is this a la carte, or do I have to like buy into like being here for months? You know what I'm saying? I might just, need, I might need I'm one so meeting. You know what I'm saying? Zuri Andre. That's Z U R I A N D D R E dot com. These are the cutest little plushies. So one cute. of them has a like, flat they top. Really one has two little uh, puff balls. Like, just so cute. I think that's the cutest for kids to have. So, I meant the storm one is, um, well, I mean, you can still get yours, but the storm one, it's a limited edition. Only $50 will be produced. So, if you're listening and you want one, you better want get one. one. Now and I didn't Do even they know still they have any? Let me yeah, see. Look, I, look, oh, yeah, I, you I, can I, still buy it because it doesn't say sold out. I'm well, out by now. the time they listen to this episode, but. Definitely check them out. I think these are adorable. So I cute. actually want one. <laughs> I'm Me gonna too. order some of I guess I should have put my order in before this, but <laughs> definitely check them out. Zuriandre.com. And those are our super cute black business highlight of the week. Now, 
already asked you guys about your weekends. Or Dustin, actually, because we talked about Asante's. How was your weekend? I know we had the celebration of the read, too. Congratulations, Crystal and Kid Fury. They looked so good. So good. So beautiful. The show was so great. Um, Shout out to the great. First of all, shout out to Kid Fury and Crystal for doing their damn thing for 10 years in a podcasting game. years. And not just 10 years spent twiddling their thumbs. They changed the landscape of the podcasting Mm -hmm. industry and made it cool. And that's the reason why a lot of these um, boot lip uh, turkey neck motherfuckers (laughs) like Noriega are sitting around talking shit, are able to be sitting around talking shit right now because of this precedent that was set. So shout out to the read. And also, um, shout out to Nina Parker. Nina Parker hosted the Q&A I and also introduced saw. us. Shout out to Nina Parker and her clothing Hell line at yeah. Macy's. Selling out, selling like hotcakes. Yeah, okay. shout out, pop it up for Nina. We love a businesswoman. We do, and we also love, you know, Hell working yeah. as, a, as a media personality and a media professional, because that's what the fuck I'm is. Mm-hmm. Even if I mm-hmm. say it like I, I'm is and said I am, I'm a goddamn professional. But as a media professional, it's so refreshing to see her excel and just set such a great example of how to play this game. Nina is authentically herself and Mm -hmm. she doesn't compromise that and she sees success. So just being in the same space with her and connecting with her was great. It was so good to see her. Um, And the Reed 10 year anniversary show was great. So many friends. So many people from I missed um, y'all. Yeah, we you were friend. Friend people were asking about you all night. Do you Aww. hear me? <laughs> yeah. Everybody wanted to see you. You were missed and loved. It's got oh, so I many good, so much good energy sent your way. So shout out to the read. Um, shout out to everything that happened after that, the after party <laughs> and all of y'all the things. Y'all let me have fun. And it was so cute seeing uh, fans taking pictures and finally getting to meet y'all in person. Because yeah, we've fun. been out the loop for so many years after quarantine. So we've I'm sure out. that was a treat. Yeah. But it was so great to see everybody. So that was that was an incredible moment. And the rest of the weekend was cool. I had a good weekend. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the weekend. You heard right. me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mine was cool. I was still sick, but I turned a corner. You know, wonderful. I, I'm finally right on good, that friend. other side. And we clap for everything you. else. We damn sure clapping for your health. Hey, you're looking good, friend. <laughs> I really appreciate that because I have been through it the past couple of weeks. So I feel like you can tell by my face and my skin that like it's um. <sighs> I'm coming back to life. So, so <laughs> we love being on the other side of some shit. Okay. Don't okay. We, okay. How I got, so. o- how I got over. <laughs> okay. How I got over. And I was telling Crystal that I'm definitely going to make it up to her and, and mm-hmm. pop, um, pop up in New York probably next month. And when I'm like, you know, at a hundred percent, cause I miss y'all. We miss I you I want to hug y'all and spend some yes. time with y'all too, you know, but congratulations to our friends. Y'all looked beautiful. Yes. I saw it was like three floors of yes. sold out seats at the Beacon Theater. That's the fucking hard. Beacon in New That's York. Three thousand like, plus people. Like that show sold out in like what two three days when they dropped them tickets. If that two or three that. hours, shit. So you know, well, I, I was trying to get some room. Okay. I, like, probably hours. <laughs> We're gonna start calling Kid Fury and Crystal, Michael and Jordan because that's what the tickets are selling like. Okay, Jordan. <laughs> like the sneakers app. That's but it. You know what else sold out that I didn't get a ticket to? What? The Cleo Soul concert. No, friend. No. Because they went live at 10 a.m. her time, which is 3 a.m. my time. And y'all know that I was sick and sleep. And so I realized it too late. I woke up out of my sleep like, wait, 
<laughs> Damn. Like, so you can't go on StubHub shit. or nothing? I, I didn't child. check, that honestly. I know, especially for her, because she don't tour like that. You know, she and she just performed with Alicia Keys this week for this Montclair event. So she's out here. She's I back outside. Secrets. Well, it's called a diary, but my sister be calling it secrets. <laughs> That's my favorite. I feel Alicia like Keys. most black people call it secrets. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> but I want to still figure something out, you know, because I have to go. I really was excited to pull up in London and see her. So I'll figure uh, something who out. Who do but we know that knows Cleo Soul? I mean, I know her, but I just, you know, I don't like I to hit people yeah, up like but that. But you can and you should. I, I'm the same way. You I, know You know that. how you we know are. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like that because I get annoyed when people are like, friend. But that's like, why I'm encouraging you because you do know her. You never right. ask her anything. At all. So if you want to go support and enjoy the show, And you show, don't want her to up. be like that person that when your friends are doing cool shit, you want to support. You want to buy a ticket. Buy a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yes, you want to yeah. fly out there. You don't want to mm-hmm. put them in a position where they're like, no, no, no. Because I don't believe in that. Even with my own friends, mm-hmm. I would buy tickets. I mm-hmm. never do comp list stuff unless mm-hmm. it's sold out, and that's the only way to get in. But I think you should like financially. The in <laughs> like, because okay. girl, I'm saying it on the show, but I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> but you know, we gonna figure it out. <laughs> But you know what? I'm happy for her because the shit sold out. I kid you not. I heard it sold out in the first two minutes of going live. And that ain't no small venue. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's like a big hall. So shout out to you. I'm so excited for you. I hope this inspires her to see if it's sold out in two minutes, girl, you are hotcakes and we want a tour. We want to see you in the States. Ooh, that would be so tight, but you know, Fingers crossed. We shall see. With that being said, though, last week's episode titled A, Bla- a Player on the Playa. Thank you, Dustin. <laughs> That's the mood. <laughs> it was a shoot the shit episode. So we just talked about whatever wanted to come up. And of course, those of you listening had a lot to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? I want to give a shout out to Charisma in the come Patreon on, stream. Me too. Always welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> She's got charisma. I'm glad to hear a positive stance on Rihanna performance. I loved it. We lucky to see oh, her man. at all. I've had three kids, not even in my mid-20s with my first child. Would you catch me standing that long? <laughs> I would have been moving my shoulders and twirling in an office chair. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because <laughs> Rihanna was pregnant and decided to still move around on them platforms and swag out a little bit on us. Platforms. So I thought Ooh. that we, I mean, we've already talked about the performance, but I just didn't understand why so many people were upset or had so much to say on a negative note. So yes, charisma, we had good things to say because the performance was good. <laughs> so what did you find out there in them streets, friend? So I was in Patreon in our gated community, and Curvaceous C said, I'm going to Curvaceous. Warsaw. <laughs> I am going Curvaceous. to Warsaw. If anyone else is going to Poland to see Beyonce, let's link. <laughs> uh, this honestly is too fucking funny to me. I love Warsaw. It. But I was saying before we pressed the record, that the cool part is a lot of people are visiting cities that they probably would not have chosen <laughs> to go to ever in life. No, for real, though. No shade. But I don't know that I'd be like, y'all, let's go to Warsaw. Probably, no. When would I have gone to Sweden? <laughs> well, 
True. I mean, where would you have gone? It may, it may not be for something me, that would have been for typical me, for you to do. Right. I mean, right. I mean, like yeah. I would find myself in Amsterdam, maybe Germany, but would I end up in Sweden? Or what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe. Like, yeah. like that's why. Because remember, I said like Spain, maybe, but even Spain, like when would I be in Spain? Luliati like, couldn't even believe it. That's why he made the song about taking a walk to Poland because he couldn't believe it. <laughs> I took a walk. <laughs> To Poland, looking around. He couldn't believe where he was at. Why the fuck are we going to... No, nothing against Poland. I love Polish people that love Especially me. Especially our listeners. Hell Poland. yeah, we, we fuck with Poland. You. And now that's a that's the answer to my question. Why would I go? For y'all. But other than that... Nice cleanup. Why would we go to Warsaw? It would you know what's going to be funny? All the black people coming out the airport... That's, Honestly, that's what I love the most. I know they're gonna be like, "What in the fuck? What's happening here tonight?" Can I just say, for, for any person that is black and that is not going to the concert, you should you should still travel to any of these places when the concert's <laughs> happening because it's gonna be black just because everybody gonna be traveling to see Beyonce. Like it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be like an episode of Atlanta. Like people in these places are gonna be like, oh, "We ain't seen so many black people here." Or the black people that do live there, they're gonna be like, "We okay. have to be around." the arena okay, that we gotta, we gotta keep them here the you events know throw parties do something mm-hmm. for people in Warsaw to get into that weekend cause we when else <laughs> 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 I also saw Ari Lennox um, posted her European international so Shout out to De- to Dexter too, who's about to hit his international tour. With That's her. so exciting and, That's sh- and so no cool. better. Ari Lennox, let me tell you something right fucking now about Ari Lennox. I remember when Jill Scott and Erica Badu and India Ari asked, because I know what you said about my friend India. So I'm gonna set that up with you later. You know oh, what she no. said about XD. But anyway, um, you know, well, yeah, exactly. So, in so whatever, her defense. India, <laughs> India, Irie, you can get this in her defense, right here. He is a no. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I took a walk <laughs> from the conversation. <laughs> but anyways, I remember when Jill Scott and Erica Badu and them came the fuck out, and Ari Lennox is one of them voices. She's a new, distinct voice in R&B music. I'm happy for you, Ari. I love we love you here, guys. And she looks so good and happy because she is so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Shout Ari out Lennox. to Ari. What about yes. you, Justin Ross? What'd you find in them Twitter streets? Well, let's get to it then. If that's what we finna do, then let's go on and do it. What I do want you to know is that outside <laughs> is my song on Ari Lennox's ASL album, Age Sex Location. Outside is my song. Y'all like that song? Outside. I, do. <laughs> I like that song. So I think still down. Yeah, because this because what I said was you know it was funny you know. <laughs> anyway, all right, here we go. Shout out to where's the damn tweet? Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Where's the tweet? Actually, shout out to Chris Evans. Chris Evans wants a Twitter account called Not Capping America. Oh my god, he's always on my damn timeline. So funny, right? So funny. And he posted a clip from the soap operas, a scene from the soap operas, and he captioned it. He said, Oh my god, she literally just opened the door and immediately started going in. These clips have me crying. Listen to what she says, y'all. She opens the door and slaps the shit out of the look. Please, honey, I really need to talk to you about this. Stephanie, that's for hope. And get the hell out of here. I'm telling you, your daughter is never going to be around you again. 
closer. That's how you clear it. That's how you clear a motherfucker. Now, I'm going to add that to the show so they can hear it. But that's how you clear a motherfucker. You come to that door, she handled her business. And we ain't even got to add no more tweets. That's all we need this week because that was effective. She opened that door, opened it, looked at the bitch, slapped her on one side, said, that's for Bridget. Slapped her on the other side, said, that's for Linnea. Get the hell out of here. And your kids will never see you again and slam the door. Send her on the way. Why? Let that be a lesson this week, y'all. We don't have to go back and forth with no damn body. You get in there, you do what you got to do, and you get the fuck out. She slammed that door, and I thought that was inspiration. Those was white women doing that. <laughs> what okay. show was so that? So that was one of those big soaps. All my children, oh, are God General in the Hospital. General Hospital. Mm-hmm. One of those. One of Zeus. <laughs> one of the one of the. <laughs> that's it for me this week. That's the only. That's it. That was funny enough. Someone tweeted me, uh, me not non judgmentally judging Fran for watching Zeus. <laughs> right. Well, who tweeted that? No, she was kidding. No, she was kidding. No, That's why I didn't say a handle. You might want to sweep around your own front door. Because what she been watching. How you know to judge you? Unless you know what's on Zeus, you don't even know to be judgmental. So you want to tell the secret pastor, Tiffany, the one that oh, said no. the, the beehive wasn't going. And you know, you seen she got married, right? Or she's getting engaged. Now oh, she's really? So now they're reporting on her on the shade room, right? Oh, so I guess her, her big plan worked. But mm-hmm. she just got engaged. And all I could hear was the Fifth Dimension singing that song. The One less <laughs> bell to answer. Because we ain't got to worry about her. Let her go be married and then live her life and get the hell out of our uh, ethos. So beat it, <laughs> Tiffany. And I'm going to the concert. Me too. Same. Excitedly. Wait, did y'all see that video? I don't know what was going on. But it was like a lady pop locking, and she was like, Angela Bassett did the thing. What happened? That's Ariana DuBose, the Academy wait, Award wait, winner wait, from West Side wait, Story. Wait, they, they just won. Okay, wait, wait, but hold on. For West Side Story. Hold on, wait, wait, but hold on. Because I just saw this clip only of the Angela Bassett. Part. Angela Bassett did it. What did she say? She was like, Angela Bassett did the thing. That's the only clip I saw. That's the only part. I, I didn't know what was happening, but I keep. See the clip, especially when they look at Viola's face because she's like, "What in the?" And and the thing about it is, she's such a talented (laughs) artist. Okay, so this was like a fluke. This was like just a bad night. I don't know, right? Because I don't. I didn't watch a lot of that new West Side Story, but she was all I was really enjoying. She won a fucking Oscar. Okay, so she's from West Side Story. What (laughs) role does she play? Anita. Um. Yes. Yes, she okay. that was Anita, right? She won the same. She played the same <laughs> role. What role did um Rita Moreno? Right right you can get yep. on Anita. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I figured because I remember being like, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, so she won. Okay, all right. So then they had her try to do this like Broadway what? review type thing with pop know. culture, and it just didn't. I want to go home, and I am home, <laughs> so oh I don't know God. what to do. <laughs> She plays Anita, yes. And not the one with two T's. She Damn. plays Anita. And I feel bad. Baker. They said they said that she deactivated our social media after. She can't take the heat. How you was in West Side Story and you can't take the heat? All that racist shit. Them, you know, them racist trolls was going crazy during West Side Story. Maybe she panicked. I don't know. She I just keep did. seeing the clip, and and this is absolutely no shade to the woman because I literally yeah. don't know anything. But that clip. Shoot. <laughs> Angela Bassett 
Like, what is you doing, girl? <laughs> like, sit your ass down. Why nobody tell you not to do that? But that's what happens. I'm listen. We are all patrons of the arts, right? Like, we love it. We love artistic expression. And, this is and why you have to speak up, freedom. though. This is why. This, this why you need some no when you get opportunities, you. and then you know people write for you. You got to mm-hmm. be like, ah, this is corny. And I know that's hard when you're like doing big shows like that. But I've had friends who've had opportunities to write and then they'd be like, this is terrible. I know <laughs> who you're talking like, about too. You know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> Shout out to her. I love her. She got to I love up. her whole life. Because yeah. sometimes they'll put you in positions. You know what I'm you saying? You'll be like, you have me looking crazy. Baby. You, next, you, know, you pop blocking rapping about Angela, Angela and Deactivating <laughs> your social media. That sucks. When I first seen it, I thought she was doing a, the rap at the end of Heated. Like, Uncle Johnny made my no. that cheap spandex. She looked something. I thought, that's what she was doing when I first Yeah, Angela Bassett played Tina. I was like, damn. Why was she passing a wave like that though? Did you see how she did? She was breakdancing. Like, I was like, why is she been, Angela Bassett played Tina. That cheap spin that she I thought she was doing heated. You know what? Yeah, but shout out to her. It was just, no, it was rough. But if y'all can laugh at Mary J. Blige singing about the chicken rap, we're laughing at Ariana DeBose singing about this shit. Yeah, you know I was mad. Was it funny? Yes. But but could I muster up a chuckle? You didn't let us laugh then, though. We were not. We could look talk. now. It's cool, you know, because she old. She's past. She's Emmy winner, multiple <laughs> grand. You know, she's fine. But at the time, I saw the you remember you. Dustin was like, "We're not talking about the chicken sandwich rap on the show." <laughs> <laughs> look, for, the, for the longest I've been listening. <laughs> I saw these like because you. No, that's right. I ain't gonna like Terry. Yo, look. <laughs> okay, that's right. Cause you think I'm gonna let them talk about singing y'all songs? Hell no. Nah. Same same arm of protection is wrapped around Mary J. Blige. You crazy? Ain't gonna be none You're of that right. up in here. You're not right. And I, and I just want to go to the next conversation. Hit it, Diana Ross. It's my show. house. And I live here. So not up in here. Okay. The fact that we went that long in the conversation and I just realize what she was about saying. Angela Bassett pop locking. <laughs> well, not Angela Bassett pop locking, about the girl no Ariana DeBose <laughs> pop locking about Angela wait, Bassett. Wait. No, That's man. a whole new story. <laughs> In that Queen Reminder hat. I ain't even, even enjoyed the sidewalk. I, I am sitting here waiting you now. And I can't even. Do y'all want to go there? Tell me when you saw Queen Ramonda in that silver hat, you know, running shit in uh, Wakanda forever. Tell me you didn't think about the opening sequence from Beyonce. Uh, okay. <laughs> when she was walking across that thing. Remember? And she had on that, that long silver cape thing or whatever. And she had the Queen Ramonda hat. The homecoming intro. Yeah. She looked like Queen Ramonda. She did, which I thought her name was Ramona at first. When I heard oh. you say that, I was like, oh, it's Ramonda. I thought Angela Bess's name was Queen Ramona. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> oh. These are observations. These are just Marvel observations. That's all. If y'all have oh. any other announcements, pop culture moments that struck a chord. 
I was watching something. Oh, okay. Because we're not doing TV land today because we have a guest. I just want to say this before they get here. I've been watching Perfect Match on Netflix. I don't know about this. Have y'all watched? They basically put... It's like an all-stars of reality TV from Netflix on a dating show. So They have people from The Mole... From the circle, from love is blind, and they just rotate them. They bring each other in. They it's just so crazy. It's dramatic. It's insanity. It's ridiculous. And And we're tuning in. So you want to do that for the binge? Oh, you know what? That might be cute, Asante, because it's like currently happening. So I think that might be good, especially because you start next week with the binge. So maybe we should. How many episodes is it? I think it's only eight out right now. Is it eight? Yeah. And that show has legs. Like, you can tell they're going to run this into the ground because it's just so funny. They well, got everybody in there. Mm-hmm. We can Bartiz. talk about them. Well, let's watch it because, you know, we could. Well, I, I guess we could be. I want to be mean. <laughs> so I was thinking, I guess it's better to be mean <laughs> about it. scripted stuff than it is. Yeah, it's going to be 12 like, episodes total. Oh, really? Only? I'm surprised. They could definitely go longer. It's, it it can go like Love Island. You know how Love Island has like 77 mm-hmm. episodes? I'm well, surprised they're not taking that route. Well, there's 12 episodes total on IMDb, like, because the, the 5 through 8 just came out this week. And then Yeah, the they did two. the, like, drip drop. I don't, I don't know what oh, the yeah. technical term is, the where they do it release, in batches. Like, yeah, yeah, like, and then you have to wait. And then so maybe the they're only showing those today. next few and maybe more, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, so but knows? y'all have to watch. It is so crazy. Only thing I will say is I really hate the way the black women get done on these shows. Oh, Lord. It's always the same. What happened? Nobody was really showing interest. Oh, my God. Because they don't pick black dudes that like black women. Okay. That's all I have to say. Wait a minute. What? Yes. I wrote. Even bringing her on this, it just was annoying to me because it's like, you can't bring black girls on a show where the black guys on the show don't date black girls because the white guys aren't picking them already. And then it's like, so why are y'all doing this to them? They don't get picked. They get sent home. Who? It's irritating. Colony. The really pretty oh, girl. Oh, I love her. She's on here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, and the um, Anne Sophie. Remember the Sophie, one with the, the short, The ones that were curly, friends. Um, I see yeah, them now. Yeah, the shorter girl. Mm-hmm. I She's loved Colony it. and I wanted more for her. So I love that. Net- you know what? I hate to make it about me, but all this means is that <laughs> well, I have an talented. eye. You know what I'm yep. saying? Because I, I, when I first saw her, I was like, that's talent. She's beautiful. Yep. And she has legs to grow, room to grow. And look at her now. Not and imagine, me, imagine her how beautiful she is on a yeah. show where they literally are like, no, Ain't like come on, to fuck with her. I don't ah, like it. And it happens on all the shows. Vanessa. Yeah, which I thought was, I was like, I wonder if she was mad. <laughs> You're right. Give them a chance. Put men on the show that will actually be interested in, and they, men or and women, whatever girls. they want, that they'll yeah, be interested black in. People. Cast it appropriately so that we don't have that problem. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like knowing that this happens, right? You should be more intentional about the black men that you pick on these shows. I feel like they need someone in the boardroom that has that in mind because it makes the black girls look crazy on a show. Imagine you so beautiful coming on and people treating you like, ugh, well, there's no one else I could be with. Mm-hmm. So I still want to be on the show. So they'll pair with them just to like stay on. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. like that shit. I don't like that. And, and it's just not who, cool. And Love what... Island is the same way though, right? Yep. Asante mm-hmm. and me, you yep. watch Love Island yep. and the black girls are the, always the last ones to get picked. They always end up with like the guy that no one else wanted yep. and it's Cache, like and then they, they end doing. up being friends mm-hmm. it's just weird 
It's whack. Mm-mm. They need to fix that. But <sighs> they, they sure probably do. need more black people in the boardroom. That's the problem to begin with. If I got a show that I'm casting and I know that my cast is comprised of, you know, I, I would just make sure I had someone there when I vetted the talent to come in, I would make, that would be a question. It would be something I would ask because I would want that to exist within the ensemble exactly. path. So why are they missing the mark? And Who hello, do we call? Do you not want black women to enjoy the show? Right. Because <laughs> we're going to watch, but it's an still audience irritating. As that is. Hello. With, with like, y'all spending power and influence. Okay. Like, it's just irritating. Speaking Something that which, I feel like is a gray spot for them. For guess real. what black woman I saw at the, re- at the Reed 10 year show? Heather, Ooh. shout out to Heather. Hey, Heather. Oh, yes, Heather. That'd be the he- artist that, that makes the pictures for us that came to our oh, show. Oh, Heather. Shout out to Heather. Shout out to Heather. Yeah, hey, Heather. Much love. Oh, wait, Much- Asante, did you get to see um, no. the winner? Okay. I did not. Okay, because I, I saw I want to give a shout out to Taylor, who I did not get to see at the Reed show. I, <laughs> I was so upset, <laughs> but it was fine because. I'm sorry, you didn't see her, Tay? No, I didn't see her. Look, That's the one crazy. that wanted to see her most didn't get to see her. Ain't that crazy? We're talking right? about, for those who don't know what the hell we're talking about right now, we're talking about Taylor. Uh, what's Taylor's last name? She was the Mac? last winner of. Mac, I think. Yeah, Taylor Mac slash Hale. I Taylor don't know Mac why and Taylor Hale. She's saying, well, she raised Hale in that Big Brother house in one. <laughs> I thought you said she sang. I was like, at the read? Mm-hmm. I didn't know she sang. When I saw her, um, I was backstage and she walked in that entrance back where I was. And when she came through, um, I recognized her because she's beautiful in person, just like she is on the show. And now she's like, she was glammed up. So like seeing her out the house, she really, you know, she looks like the star that she a is. star, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, hi, Taylor. I was like, you good know, for her, yo. I'm dusting. I was like, and girl, you whooped their ass. <laughs> it was so good watching you wear their ass out. She was cracking up. Um, and we hugged and shit. She was cool as fuck, Asante. So you need to meet her. And shout out to Taylor because she was the first black she know we winner need to meet. of Big Brother. Not Celebrity Big Brother, but Big Brother on CBS, which Big is brother. huge. That's a yes. big deal. You That's know? Tight. And they was really yes. trying to set her up. I don't even watch that shit, but I was keeping up. And I know they was was trying to set her up on some okie doke bullshit and she won against all eyes. Bad black girl. Guan black black girl teens. Yeah. (laughs) Guan. She won. I also want to give a special shout out to someone special that we all love. Oh, I thought she was going to give a shout out. I thought she was about to like make a profession of love to somebody. I want to give a special shout out to someone special. I was going to be like, well, look at you stepping into your truth. Um, <clears throat> oh, speaking of which, we got to talk about that because I, pe- you know, I don't miss nothing. So I was looking at you on uh, at the Sunday after the read show. We'll talk about it though. I seen you though. Mm. I seen you. I, mm. I was feeling like that old uh, nosy neighbor in Brewster Place. I seen you. you. You forgot. <laughs> look, you forgot to close your shades last night. <laughs> look at his face. And y'all look nice together. That was that was a cute little set. I was like, okay, Tay, I'm with oh all my this. Gosh. I'm with all this. Look, so I seen much. why. And I seen you turn. Tay was all turn around, whispering, talking to the nigga like, ooh. <laughs> we going, we going I was like, look at ooh. Tay. And I'm like, this is Asante with a capital A and an exclamation <laughs> point on the end. Okay, I was, I love to see it, my nigga. You know, I love that shit. <laughs> I love the silence. Because <laughs> it's nothing but it's not it's all facts. That's why <laughs> that's why I'm not getting no pushback. Cause it's all facts. Look, I just left court. Allegedly. Mm. Um, shout out to Michelle, who is <gasps> pregnant Michelle, as hell. Oh God. Thank the Lord Jesus that she is about to pop. And I cannot wait for her baby to arrive because Michelle is the most amazing person. Mm-hmm. And she has 
she is the person that was on the road with Ambitious Minds. Shout out to them for putting together our live shows and doing everything for us. She's Michelle our role was, manager. Yes, yes. Michelle was very integral. That's who would stay with me when Asante and Dustin would leave. <laughs> She was integral in keeping the morale up. Because <laughs> watching the, them Lifetime movies, y'all, the, that was y'all thing. Look, sleeping on planes hey, with Dustin. Like, we all have our shit. Lonely girl. Lonely girl. You know me and take going to the club. Shout out look. to Michelle, my road dog. So, Michelle is our road manager. I yes. told her, oh. uh, when I, for those who don't know, we're talking about once again. Michelle right. is our role manager from when we were touring with the friend zone for years. We have so much love for her. She's one of the best people you ever want to meet. And if you're at the live show, Truly. you probably did meet her running shit, the short lady yes. running shit in the front. Um, yes. She's short, but she was like six eight in, in but prowess. Mighty. Yes, mm-hmm. like she just and I told Michelle, I was like, You're gonna be a wonderful mom because yes. you used to be our mama on the road, making sure yes. we made all our call times yes. and making sure we was up. She knew who to call when, who what doors to knock on. Michelle just knew the perfect balance us. of being stern so mm-hmm. that shit was getting done, but also just like really mm-hmm. easy, you mm-hmm. know. And Never making us comfortable. Us crazy. Yeah. Never. And Love shout her. out to her husband too. He, he yes. was cool. cool you know what I'm hell. saying? Just Aww. cool. So I'm so know, happy for I'm them. So happy for Congrats you, to y'all. Y'all gonna both be amazing parents. Lucky amazing. Baby. I told her that shit. Michelle gonna say she had me rolling, y'all. <laughs> shout out to Alex Rago, um, my manager and and, and a longtime oh, collaborator yeah. of the friend zone. We were at her mm-hmm. son half birthday party, right? His six month <laughs> birthday party. Nah. Did you see the cake? <laughs> it was like a six tier cake cut in half. It was a half I of a full birthday it. cake. Do the most for your first child. We were at there, so Michelle <laughs> Michelle was there, of course, and uh, Michelle gonna say. I told them, you know, when I get in labor, I was like, you ready? She's like, I'm just worried about delivery, but you know, whatever. She's like, I told them when I get there, I'm need me a shot. Hell, she's like, at this point, <laughs> she ready to come out now. Came out. I was like, exactly. Not I, a said, shot. I never thought about that. Hell, you can drink and deliver. You didn't made it. <laughs> you didn't made it across the season. That baby's going to smack you back. You do some shit <laughs> like that. That's how we know it'll be all right. Yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of babies, this week's episode, okay, a good transition. (laughs) This week's episode, we are bringing back none other than Natasha Nelson, also known as Natasha Benefield. Nope. That's gentle parenting. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Also known as Supernova. Did you say I'm a victim? Supernova Mama. Isn't the song called Unwritten? I thought you changed the words. You said, I am a victim. I was like, taking I ain't got no kids. I ain't a victim. No, I'm just playing. But Supernova Mama came on our show early last year where we discussed gentle parenting, conscious parenting, as she puts it. And we had an incredible conversation just about, I mean, none of us have kids, but we have a lot of kids in our lives. And it's Mm -hmm. always good to know how to 
how to be in connection yeah with them in ways that are healthy and how to contribute to their households in really healthy ways so it's a great combo and we have a lot of parents that listen to our show so me and Noah are very connected me and Jay you know what I'm saying we are connected (laughs) that's our baby too you know know, you know what I'm saying so with (laughs) and it was nice also to have an offering for the parents that do listen to our show because obviously we love being able to bring people in that have differing perspectives and hours to make sure we cover as many bases as Absolutely. we can with this show. So she's always a pleasure, especially with her knowledge, certifications, and she's has grown so much more even since we've had her on the show mm-hmm. last. So she actually reached out to us with a pitch. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool because it was perfectly fleshed out with some new ideas of ways to be useful to parents and connect with them. So I definitely was like, let's do it. Top mm-hmm. of the year. I know we love our fun shows, but it's also important to have a balance and also have shows that like I said, are an offering for our listeners. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's bring in Natasha Nelson's Supernova Mama. Natasha. Hey, hey. hey friend. How that you doing? was hey, impeccable love. timing. That was perfect. That was divine. Yes. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. My kids being crazy, but kids are always crazy. So they got to be. They got to be. Kids <laughs> That's their job. If kids ain't acting a little... I personally, if I had kids, y'all know I've said this plenty of times before. My kids got to be just a little bad, so I know you're all right. You know, you got to challenge me just a little bit. Now, Natasha, before we even get started, one question that I didn't get to ask you last time that is pertinent, right? You have the best red hair in the lock business. What okay. what color? What what is the brand? Like what is that that you use to dye your hair red or who does it? What do they use? People want to know. Fire. I do it. And okay. my bathtub is pink as shit. Relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so I I bleach I bleach it myself, mm-hmm. and then I literally mix two colors. It, oh, never, don't tell us which yeah. ones. Just say yeah. that. Keep that to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but just, I mix I mix two colors literally from my beauty supply, my local black community beauty supply store. Um, I get them, I get all of my stuff from there and it costs me about $50 and I do it about twice a year. But yeah, I do it myself. It looks so <laughs> good. Super pretty. Yeah. Cause red is a tricky color, mm-hmm. you know, it can yes. get very hit or miss, but mm-hmm. yours is always so fresh and fire. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. Dustin. No problem. Right. We have to get that shit out the way. <laughs> the <Okay>. black <laughs> beauty segment. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, y'all know, I, I'm always budging in, but I'm like, I want to look cute, but I'm not about to pay $300 to yeah. look cute every time. So Tell it's like, hey, it. you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So right before you popped up, I was saying that you came on our show almost a year ago. So it was um, early last year. And you we had an incredible conversation about conscious parenting. And you did some role playing with us. For those of you who didn't get a chance to listen, (laughs) you should definitely go back. It's incredible. Actually, one of our top episodes of the year, according to our Spotify stats, which was really cool. That's why we're so happy to have you back. And I mentioned that you had pitched a different angle that you wanted to touch on where you focused not so much like it's less on the kids, but you wanted to talk to the parents a little more directly and what it is that they're experiencing. So I definitely want to, you know, 
give you the space to kind of lay out how you wanted to start this conversation this week. Absolutely. So first off, let's start with exactly what Dustin said. He said that if his kids ain't a little bit of bad, he don't believe they're okay. <laughs> that is literally correct for everyone. Come on, Dustin. So, <laughs> now, you know you should have told me that. I so check it. My whole philosophy, everything that I'm built on, the book that I'm writing is based off the idea that misbehavior is communicating an unmet need. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and that unmet need could be you're hungry, you're stressed, <laughs> you're tired, you're scared, or that unmet need could be, you know what, you stepping on my boundaries and I feel like I don't have enough power in this situation. And mm-hmm. so I'm about to tell you, you can't boss me. I don't have power. I don't have autonomy in this. That's an unmet need. Or, you know what, I don't feel like you're giving me enough attention. I don't feel heard and needed in this relationship. And so I'm about to annoy you. That's an unmet need, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be or, doing that with grown-ups. <laughs> I was going to say, I know people who do that now. <laughs> or the unmet need could be like, you know what? You're not validating my feelings. I don't feel like I'm a person. And every time I say I don't like something or something isn't right, you don't validate me. And I'm about mm-hmm. to get some get back on that ass. That's right. Mm-hmm. Get your lick back. <laughs> get your lick back. Yeah. Or, and that unmet need could be, I don't feel capable. You do everything for me on one end, or you have these high expectations and I don't feel like I can meet those expectations. So I'm just going to give up and not do shit because you just, I, I can't live up to what mm-hmm. you want. Damn. That's an unmet need. Mm-hmm. I don't feel capable in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? So misbehavior, we people, not just children, but children too, mm-hmm. we act out when we have an unmet need. If we don't feel like we have power, if we don't feel like we have autonomy, if we don't feel capable, if we don't feel like we are being heard and counted, or if we just hungry, sleepy, tired, <laughs> we act out 100%. and have an unmet need, right? All right, so then let's bring that black to what I do. I I help black and neurodivergent parents, positive discipline or conscious parents. So let me ask you all a question. Mm -hmm. You can answer it. When did you consciously realize that you were living instead of just surviving? When was there a moment where you were just like, I'm okay, I'm chilling, I'm living, I'm not surviving? When was that moment for you? Recent. I was about to say last week, okay. like, like a couple of months ago, maybe. Shit. You know, really. When I uh, turned 35, maybe 30, <laughs> somewhere in my 30s to 35, somewhere in there. I felt like that when I lost my virginity. Justin. <laughs> well. Oh, but that's the hello again. You know, <laughs> that's the unmet need. Look, I, and it was met. That it was met. It was met. <laughs> <laughs> it was met, friend. Thank you. It's sensory. So sensations oh, are I things bet. that our body calls for. Yes. And sometimes that can come up through. Does to say yes. It all, it's all making sense. You see how she lining it all up? There you go. Yep. But so, so in that essence, you all have not felt like you were anything but surviving up until 35, up until last oh, week, up until yes. 14. Yes, yes. <laughs> and so you all did an episode uh, last year where we t- you talked about the fact that when you're in a high stress response situation, 
you don't have your full brain. We call it, uh, Daniel Siegel, he has like a little thing he does where he calls it the hand model of the brain. Mm. And basically what he says is to think of your hand as a brain. So he has you make a fist with your thumb out, and he says, okay, this is your brain, and your fingers, they're your thinking part of your brain, also known as your prefrontal cortex. And that mm. has your reasoning, your morality, your ethics, everything grandma in the village done taught you up to education and books. All that's in that prefrontal cortex. And when you are fearful or angry or frustrated, guess why all that go? Boom, flip out. And mm. all you have is that thumb you kept out, and all that holds is your memories. Mm. So when you are in a high-stress response situation, when you feel threatened, when you feel fearful, when you feel upset, all you have are your memories, right? You don't have any of that other stuff we talked about. And if your memories are continually of survival, of somebody cussing your ass out, of somebody fighting, That's of somebody deep. running, mm-hmm. of somebody flipping out, guess what you do when you are in a high-stress situation? Tap right back One of those that. memories. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so what your brain does is it takes like a couple of seconds to decide from based off those memories, are we going to test somebody's head up? Are we going to get up out of here? Mm-hmm. Are we going to just freeze because we don't know what to do? Or are we just going to people please everybody so we can Ooh. get everybody to calm down and get up out of here? It's called fight, flight, freeze, or fun. So, you know, some of us fight and we do it for different situations based off those memories. Mm-hmm. Some of us flight, some of us freeze up, <laughs> and we don't know what to do and then some of us fun how can I please everybody just so they'll shut the hell up and we can get out of here and everything be good right uh, if you are a child who has been abused or you've just been in a really uh, situation where you've had to be the adult at a very early age you're probably a big funner and haven't even realized it if you're hmm. a child who is neurodivergent and didn't know you were neurodivergent and didn't know how to respond to a lot of things and you would just freeze up. And if I just freeze up, everybody just think I'm dead and they'll leave me alone. Then right. you freeze. <laughs> and then fight or flight, everybody know those two. But I'll get uh, what I always like to point out is there are some people who have been in survival mode so long. Hey, hey we're talking about black people. We're, right. Who, where they... Their every day is fight or flight. Their every mm-hmm. day is I'm having somebody gonna try me when I come in here. I'm always yep. somebody always trying me. And so what when their flip lid happens is when it's peaceful. When people are trying to be helpful, when people are being loved, they're like, uh-uh, why that bitch so happy? Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, story of my life up? online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 She too peaceful. <laughs> no, it's because true. It's true. They their lives have been full of such strife and mm-hmm. such. And even when people were coming in peace, it wasn't really peace, right? Because we black, right? So people were coming to grit. People were coming to to get to steal your information. People were right. all different things, right? So now when someone comes in peace and love and they're like, Here's these things and, you know, misbehaviors communicated and unmet need and you don't have to whoop your kids. Uh-uh, this bitch. What's going on here? She got mm-hmm. ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And it's interesting, too, the the um, 
the processing you have to do when your life starts getting better. Like when you do have money, you still feel unsafe. When you finally get that sweet relationship and you don't trust it, when you have a friend group that you can lean on, but you still don't want to tell them when you need help, when you, you know, it's like you could have all of the systems in place and still not know how to access them because your brain is like you said, you've been in this in this motion for so long, right? That it's like, you don't even know how to get out of it when you're presented with ways to finally push through or not even push, but work through those things. Yeah. And we call that private logic. So check it. Uh, let me give you an example. So I always like to use myself instead of using other people because it's a really vulnerable thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I get triggered when children say no. And it's mm-hmm. like, what? Tasha, get out of here. When children <laughs> say no, but yes, and you know why? Because my first memory of saying no to an adult was knocked yeah, out, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. want to yeah. No, real quick, right? Mm-hmm. So when children say no, the first thing that comes in my head is anger. Like, how dare you get to think you can, I didn't get to do that, right? And I have right. to redirect that. But my private logic when I was a kid, when I said no to adults, they smacked me. My thought process then was, the world is hard and doesn't care about my feelings. I am unheard. And therefore, I should not tell my real feelings. And that has continued on into my life, right? So when I get into a room, I don't tell what I'm really thinking. I tell I tell the room what they want to hear because I don't want to get my ass smacked up. Because that's how, I, that's the childhood memory I have. that brought on my private logic. And everybody has that. Mm -hmm. Your triggers are from your private logic of your childhood memories of when you were messed up from mistakes or from misbehaving and not allowed to be a child. And so a lot of the triggers we have with children are stuff that we ain't get to do as children. So (laughs) you be like, why don't children out loud over there? Because you didn't get to be loud. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's real. It's mm-hmm. like the hazing, like you see even adults, like something as simple as like uh, the government saying, oh, we're pardoning loans. And people are like, well, I had to suffer through the loans. So even as adults, Haters. it's so that's far. Hard. That's right? hard. That's hard. Hating. <laughs> I had Literally. it hard. You yeah. got to have it hard. Yeah. I don't believe in that. But what I have noticed, though, Latasha, Natasha, why do I call you Latasha? What I have noticed, <laughs> Natasha, is that. I am tr- in, in my interpersonal relationships in life. I do have triggers from my childhood and there are certain things in those relationships that <clears throat> when they take place, I can direct, I can root them back directly to the source. And I know it's from my childhood. So I, mm-hmm. I totally get that. Those childhood yeah. triggers. Totally. Being able to see them immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so that's important. And that's what I try to get my parents to do instead of shying away from it. Cause sometimes we get kind of embarrassed about it, you know, cause it's like, why, why am I triggered by my child crying? Mm-hmm. That's uncomfortable. You know, I don't want to admit that to other people, but mm-hmm. no, you need to admit that because then you need to do exactly what Dustin said. You need to go back to the root of where that comes from mm-hmm. so you can know how to do the self-work you need to do mm-hmm. to at least what I do is I have a mantra now. I'd be like, hey, crying is not the end of the world. You still got the power. Go see what's wrong. Because yes. before I go, why are you crying? but children cry to communicate but we weren't allowed to cry and why weren't we allowed to cry because our, our parents, parents were stressed slaves. 
it's first place, then Jim Crow, then working. They didn't have time for you to cry. It, it was sometimes life or death. It was sometimes other things, right? And so that goes back That goes back to my first question where I asked you all, when did you first feel like you were living versus surviving? So now I'm going to ask you another question. When was the first time that you knew you were in a high-stress situation and you responded instead of reacting? where you took a moment, did some type of coping or whatever, instead of doing fight, flight, freeze, or fun. When was the first time you can actively remember that? Mm. Wow, what a question. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? Probably the first time I got pulled over by the police as an adult. Mm. Like I can, I can remember feeling like, I can remember all those pressures and anxieties of, of being nervous about the outcome of the traffic stop. And I can remember talking myself through that anxiety because first of all, ain't no motherfucker in a police outfit, white motherfucker in Michigan finna be telling me what to do. You know what I'm saying? So my my disposition already, you know, was set at a certain point. But I remember having to exercise patience and, and just think my way through those situations instead of reacting to the many, many pokes, prides, and triggers that they um, established within that experience. So it would probably be one of those first experiences dealing with the goddamn police uh Natasha. Yeah. yeah. All right, what about you, friend? You got any I'm... any memories of the first time or even the last time because a lot of times we don't have memories of the first time because it was probably when you were still in a stressed out situation and you probably mm. had memory loss. Mm. But mm. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, I I can't remember the first, but I know that I'm going to guess where I had to start rationalizing more was probably once I started uh, going to private school with white kids mm, because they'll put you in positions, you know, where your scholarship will be, you know, like tested your or people will say things to kind of hope that they can bait you into being whatever they need you to be in that moment or teachers included deans and it's really hard being the only black kid in those environments because you're constantly tested. And that's why I think I had to learn, unfortunately, to be, quote unquote, resilient, which is mm. one of words that can be fucking annoying mm. sometimes because it's like I shouldn't have to be experiencing this in the first mm -hmm. place. But I have to be the strong one, the bigger one, the resilient one. And I think that it, those environments really taught me that world that you kind of have to learn to play in and and like shut up and and grit it you know mm -hmm. with your teeth <laughs> like just bear it i hate that shit i hate it and that's why i've always been torn about kids black kids in private schools but <laughs> that's another conversation i think it had to be something in that world i'm pretty sure absolutely what about yourself or something fran kind of took what I was thinking about because mm -hmm. <laughs> going to a performing arts high school that was in a black district, but it was a predominantly white program and like those sorts of dynamics and having to deal with, um, there were a lot of layers. Cause at first when you asked, I was thinking like, well, which time did I end up in the principal's office? Okay. Why? Right? You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, like, and, and what reason were they wrong? I because I wasn't there because I just was out there being <laughs> crazy. I had the key. But, um, like literally going to a school and like learning about like 
status and like figuring out all these different like families that are, you know built or paid for halls or would, or like the legacy students who had been in programs or their brothers and sisters had been in programs for years at a time and watching people get certain roles and what shows were chosen versus what shows weren't chosen um what monologues were um considered less savory because a girl wanted to a, a monologue from the color purple versus doing something from some like it hot or something random like that. You know what I'm saying? Like just watching those dynamics and then having to be like, okay, so this is something that happens. And a lot of people well, a lot of my people see that this ain't right. And we all just come here five days out the week. Oh, okay. Well, I guess. And then, you know, reconciling, leaving the program and not taking, you know, my dual diploma when I graduated, not being able to graduate early, even though I was allowed to, or, you know, having the, the credits to, but cause they wanted to have an on rate for all the people that year. It was like really crazy things having to think about being young and, moving into adulthood and thinking about like, okay, so is this what adulthood is going to be like a lot of these trade-offs all of the time and then constantly feeling like, Oh, there's that trade-off again, or there's that thing. Yeah. And you know what, what's beautiful. None of you talked. I didn't give you these questions before. And all of your answers had white supremacy at their center. Mm. Every last one of them. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is why, my my parenting coaching or educating is a little bit different than most of the people you go into is because when you are black or neurodivergent and you are in America, you are jumping through the hoops of racism, ableism, sexism, and all the isms, classism. You're jumping through those hoops. And when you're jumping through those hoops, you are in high stress responses all the time. So you are in survival mode all of the time. And so Daniel Siegel, um, he is the person who did the brain model of the hand, but he's also the author of something called the window of tolerance. Okay. And that idea of kind of what, what Fran was talking about, where we talk about your resiliency, right? So that kind of has to do with your window of tolerance. It's how long you can deal with those microaggressions or adversity or things where you either <laughs> pop that top okay. or you either disassociate, right? Okay. So we're looking at fight, flight, freeze, or fun, right? Fight. So how long before you either fight or flight <laughs> or freeze or fun? Which one, right? And that's that window of tolerance. And what you, what parents uh, that are Black and neurodivergent need to understand is your window of tolerance is, woo, then... Then the rest of those people at that performing arts school, at that private school, those yeah. police, because of those hoops that you jump through. And what are children? Oh. High stress. Mm. High stress. So you have a smaller window of tolerance. Not your fault, but you do because right. you are constantly surviving. Mm-hmm. You are constantly on edge. And you have a child that comes in and all they are is adorable, beautiful, loving stress, <laughs> especially <laughs> as a baby and a toddler. But if you talk to any other parents, they'll say all the way through. <laughs> so, and, yeah. And wow. so you're trying to parent and navigate. And the reason why most parents tiptoe between being, sit your ass down it. If, if you sit down, I give you some ice cream that what I call permissive versus authoritarian is because they're just surviving. They're just yeah. high stress window talent. How much of this can I deal with? Getting okay, through the fine. moment. Yeah, you're just, you're just going through the motions and trying to survive. 
And what I want you to do is take stock of that, realize that, and stop surviving and start living. Mm. You and your children. You and your And the only way to do that is to take stock of it, acknowledge it, and realize where it comes from. And then that's where we start getting real deep because we start going into Dr. Joy DeGruz's work. Uh, So if you haven't read Post-Traumatic Slay Syndrome, it's an amazing book. But if you're not a reader, because, you know, y'all know I'm neurodivergent, so I can give you that. Go on YouTube and put in her name and put in Post-Traumatic Slay Syndrome, and there's lectures for days. So you Mm. can listen to her if you're not a reader. But the idea is, I'm just going to give a synopsis, okay? Mm -hmm. We had 400 years of slavery. And what came in from slavery? You, as a parent, what did you deal with as a parent in slavery? You dealt with not having milk for your, and food for your children because you had, to, you had to feed white children and maybe having to give your children gruel. You dealt with having to hit your children to tell them not to cry because you don't want master to hit them and maybe kill them or sell them. And so you have to beat them to make sure that others aren't beating them. You dealt with hiding your children and starving them maybe even so that master doesn't know you had children in the first place. So you could maybe get them to freedom. You've dealt with so many things. Do you not think that perhaps those people had PTSD? Mm, they had to. Or even complex PTSD. Right. But now were they diagnosed when slavery was over and they said, well, you know, emancipation, did they say, we're going to give you all some, some mental health and therapy and support because we know that this was hard for your mental health. Did they ever get that? No. So do you think that when they had these children and these legacies and on that they didn't transmit this PTSD because when the child cried, don't you think they still lit them up and, and, and was mm-hmm. fearful that master would come back and get them? Or when the child did anything that a child does, even while free, do you think they allowed that child to do that? Because in their minds, they probably They're still, still there. with the PTSD yeah. and still brought that on. And so then we this is what we call transmission theory of socialization. Mm-hmm. Things that aren't normal, that are based on trauma, are passed down and normalized because everyone around you is doing it. And Mm. so that's what happens. And so you, or I can't speak for y'all, I got my ass beat, injured cords, whatever, because... (laughs) Switch, spoons, Switch. They wouldn't believe me if I said what my mother would do. I was once, well, hold on, Ruby's never going to listen to friends up. There was a pole from the kitchen sink. Yeah. I mean, from the bathroom sink had broken off. And I got pe- So, like, yeah. But you, you the idea it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that I'm doing this out of love so that master doesn't get you, so yeah. that KKK doesn't get you, so that right. the police doesn't get you, so that the school system doesn't get you. Ooh. I'm doing this to prevent them from doing this, basically, because that idea has been transmitted on generation after generation through trauma. Because when have Black people gotten, hey, that's the reparations I'm looking for. I know money is good, too. Give us the money. I'm not saying don't give us money. But, yeah. but there's so much the more. mental health and mm-hmm. education? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there, the mental health, slavery, Jim Crow, gerrymanding, redlining, just on and on and on. School choice, all of these things have affected the mental health of Black people. 
where is the mental health? We should have free mental health health care, period, but free mental health health care for sure. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Right. So, but we don't. And so that has continued. And so a lot of times I get it when people be like, you know, my mama wins shit. Yeah, but yes, that's true. And you deserve to speak your truth and be upset. But also I want you to understand the why of what your mom did. Right. Because there are some moms who really just won shit. But a lot of these parents did what they thought they were doing out of love and out of their knowledge and understanding and experiences and surroundings. And the unfortunate truth is our history has not left us. It's just been transmitted. I agree. Right. You know what? <clears throat> to be honest with you, and not that I, you know, my parents, not to say, I just feel like people, people are people, even the ones that aren't shit. I feel like some of them are products of the PTSD as well. And so when they end up with these kids and stuff and they don't know what to do because they're just humans trying to live their lives and, you know, that's just another thing that's happened to them or and we don't know how it's happened to them or why it's happened to them. We just write them off sometimes. I think that's what disappoints me, too, because I'm like looking at people. They're like, oh, they're just a J or whatever. And it's like, well, you don't understand what's happened to our people in America. Like if things might have been different, that might be me over there. Right. On that, right. And that goes back to misbehavior is communicating unmet needs. When I say misbehavior, we be acting up, adults act up. I mean, everybody. Every day. I do it when every you day. Act out, every day, yeah. You, are, you have an unmet need. And some people's unmet needs may be more extensive and systemic and, and everything. And somebody else's unmet need may be that they hungry as hell. But misbehavior is communicating unmet needs. Right. And one thing we discussed during our production meeting for this episode was that I was um, talking to Natasha about this movement that's taking place on TikTok, Mm -hmm. where a lot of kids from our generation and younger are openly discussing having to cut their parents off, having Mm. to remove themselves from their family and it's it's become a movement because and I don't even say that people are doing it because they see other people doing it. Maybe that's the case, but it's just something that people are speaking about more openly. So I talked to Natasha about that being something we discussed on this show, too, and her thoughts of considering that we understand our parents had this window of tolerance they were raising us through. Do you think it's fair to just cut them off as most people feel is their only choice at this point? So for me, um, I feel like if your parent is actively working to 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 listen to you, to to listen to where you're coming from, they may not fully understand, but they're listening and they're trying to work with you. I don't think it's fair to cut them off. I mean, they they are a product of where they are. Um, but if your family is gaslighting you, I don't remember that happening. Who whooped you? I ain't never <laughs> whooped you. You had everything you needed. Hey, man, look, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you that sometimes for your own healing, you may have to cut that bullet. And I'm going to speak from my personal experience. So I am, my mom was Jehovah Witness, but she was excommunicated for having me. She got this fellowship. Uh (laughs) So so she, uh, I'm the oldest of seven children. Mm-hmm. I had to help take care of those those six children. Right. Uh, and when I say help take care of those six children, I was 15 paying down payments for our new homes. Mm-hmm. I was working at 12 bagging groceries. I was working at my church. People around us knew 
in the fifth grade, my my teacher felt so bad for me because I, we had a school uniform and my I only had one uniform and it looked so bad and started constantly being worn that she paid me like $2 an hour to stay back and file papers so she could buy me uniforms oh, so like man. yeah so I, I it was a rough life and mm-hmm. I was the oldest who had to make things happen and make things work and be mm-hmm. there and support my mom and so after a while it got to the point where I felt like once I joined the military I was still giving like part of my check and sending it back home and it got to the point where I didn't feel like nobody was contacting me to say hey Tasha how's your day or how's the military it was like Hey, I say, oh, they cutting the lights off if we don't do this. Oh, you know, what do you need this for shoot? And it was just always what I could give. And I said something, and instead of it being like, I'm sorry you feel that way, I, you know, we don't want to make you feel that way, it was, oh, you just think you better than everybody. Oh, oh, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And I cut them off. I cut. I was in Germany too, so it was like I could ghost easily. I cut them off for about three years, and I didn't go back. I didn't talk back to my mom until I was deciding to marry my husband because I was hoeing in Germany at first. Hoeing to get I know that <laughs> And then we was like, "Oh, okay, I like your person. I guess we'll stop hoeing for each other." So then I was like, "Okay." Find your way back. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, but I don't want to join our families without, you know what I mean, repairing my family. So yeah. I reached out to my mom. Maturity. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, you know, I I know we haven't talked in a long time. I know we left on the bad foot, but I am getting married, and I really would like to, you know, build and talk. And my mom was like, oh, I'm in therapy right now. You know, I just talked to my therapist Amen. about our relationship and how much I miss you and everything. Bro. And we just started talking, and then That's I went beautiful. to therapy. That's beautiful. And then we, we did, like, a virtual therapy where we, we worked on communication together. Wow. And my mom, you know, she helped me. She helped me deliver my 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 oldest child. She came, she wow. stayed with us, and she helped me deliver my oldest child. And it was just beautiful. My mom and my husband have the best relationship. They're so hilarious. Beautiful. But but it took my mom going to therapy and looking at her triggers and her background and her trauma and realizing, and also my mom. I don't know if she was intentionally gaslighting me or not, but my mom has a lot of memory loss trauma takes away a lot of your memory. Yeah. It sure does. And so her way of coping was kind of forgetting some of the, the more bad or awful stuff. And so when I would bring it up, it would trigger that fight, flight, freeze, or fun because it was like, I, I did what? Or he did what to you? Or what happened? Um, because she had purposely or either unconsciously kind of forgotten it as protection for her own mental health, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, and so unpacking that and talking together about that and her taking accountability and and giving me props for what I did because at first it was like I thought I was all it and I thought I I thought I was better than everybody and then it took it went from you know I know how hard you work and and you know being there you were like your siblings second mom my siblings give me a Mother's Day gift now wow. and so it's like I know what you had to do and I I never want to take that from you I know that was hard as on a child and everything and I'm sorry and that's all I wanted to hear. Exactly. And we, we was down. good. I'm not going to keep, yep. you know what I mean, beating you up, telling you what you didn't do. Tell, no. You, and that's I, the hard part, honestly, because yeah. I feel like with me, I've had to 
like it's sometimes it feels hard to let certain things go because they're so egregious that you're just like it almost feels like you're letting them slide like with something that was so bad that you're like I know I'm supposed to forgive but like how do you forget something to that extent you know and it it is so much work Mm -hmm. even if they do soften up and even if they do take accountability it is so hard sometimes Mm -hmm. to really for real for real be like I'm going to view you from here on out as opposed to you know the memories that I have of who you were or maybe the ways that I didn't fully understand who you were as a human and what you were going through and it is so challenging when it's like really dark sided shit where you're just like how do you let that go how how so we're gonna talk about that because that's the second part of my philosophy mistakes are learning opportunities Mm -hmm. so I want you to get into your head and think about when you used to make a a mistake as a child how people around you responded. What did people do when you make anything from like spilling, spilling the milk in the kitchen to like, what did people do when you made a mistake? Oh, you're getting snapped on, yelled at for sure. Automatically. No room for error. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so as an adult, when you make a mistake, what do you do to yourself? I get stepped on, smacked, cussed out. <laughs> brought down to the floor. I go all the fuck off on myself every time. Yes, every <laughs> time. <laughs> we have been raised to think that mistakes are world ending. Yeah. That you're not allowed yes. to make mistakes. That you're not allowed to be human. You are a human. You are imperfect. You, God, if, if you believe in religion, mm-hmm. God made the world. Mm-hmm. And he made I mean them niggas messed up five seconds. Listen, I had it made. That's another conversation. <laughs> you can't, you can't eat that fruit over there. They was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like every parable that you get, we as humans make mistakes. Whatever religions, whatever spirituality, every parable that you get, a human is making a mistake, right? And so being mindful of bringing those two things together, misbehaviors, communicating unmet needs, and then being mindful of the history of your people and what those unmet needs actually look like and how big and intergenerational they are. And then coming back to mistakes or learning opportunities. And if that person has literally apologized and taken accountability, then they have learned from that and they're trying to go forward. But we have to change that philosophy. We have to quit beating ourselves up for making mistakes. That's hard. And therefore, quit beating up others for That's making mistakes. That's a big mistakes. one. It's so hard. That's a big okay. one for me. It's so hard. Well, what if you're not even beating them up, right? Like, what if you are just kind of, like, stuck in this? Like, okay, so my parents, they're people. They've had lives before I came along. I came along, and, you know, somewhere down the line, you know, I'm an adult now. So now that I'm an adult, we can talk about things that have happened in the past or not. Or we can just move on and say, you know, I am sorry for the past. And honestly, for me, I am sorry for the past is more than sufficient because I'm already looking at you like you are two adults. You are people that things happen to. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are sorry for the past, but... I, as an adult, still have these things that not necessarily are wrong with me, but the things that 
could have gone differently if I had both of my parents or, you know, more attention or if one parent didn't have to stress out because she had to play both parents. So there's not like a resentment there. But I will say there is this wall that I've always it's not even an active wall. Like, it's not like, uh, got to repair this relationship later on in life now. It's just this kind of like all right, cool. Everything in my life is good now or like it's good on that front. And not that I'm taking it for granted, but I just don't feel I feel like because there's this guilt that I have of like wanting or wishing that I was more attached than I actually am. And it's not that Mm -hmm. I don't love nobody or nothing like Mm -hmm. that. It's just a, a want or wish to be like, you know what? I wish we did more of this because when I was younger, we used to do that. You know, like there's no missing of that. So it's hard for me at times to be like, I don't know. I get what you're saying. No, I get it. You know yeah, what I'm I saying? Think we, like, I think we all get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So here's what here's how I figure that, right? I can forgive you, but I'm still like mistakes are learning opportunities and mistakes cause trauma. I can forgive you. But nigga, my bro- I'm still hurt. I, I yeah. still raised six kids at, at 10 to 17. Right. I still, you know, didn't get to go anywhere, get to, didn't get to do things that a you normal didn't child would get to do. Yeah. Didn't have a childhood. That is still fact. And I forgive you. Yeah. But I'm still repairing the issues that I've hurt. So for me, Asante... Why you think I'm such a fair guy mama to my kids? Why you think we at the zoo and yep. the aquarium and mm-hmm, the children's museum mm-hmm. and the slime museum? And Because I'm like, you know what? I didn't get to do it when I was a kid. Let's try everything. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> That's why I always hop on them planes. <laughs> and it's one of the reasons why therapists have a lot of people who are really dealing with, with childhood trauma and reparenting themselves to follow my account. Because a lot of times they get a lot of healing from just seeing children be able to do a lot of the things that they really just never got Mm. to do. That's real. And hearing a parent be respectful and empathetic and and, and curious to a child that they never received. Yeah, that's real. And I was watching couples therapy on Showtime Mm -hmm. and the therapist said something that was so profound because there was a a wife that she was just having such a hard time connecting to her husband in emotional ways. Mm -hmm. And as they got into conversations about her childhood, you know, it had a lot to do with her relationship, obviously to her mom and just their inability to connect. And the therapist told her, it's okay to acknowledge that you will always be sad about that. Mm. And mm. something about that made it like hit me. Like I cried because it was yeah. like, you about to get yeah. me. That's what I was like, Whoa. because it was like so simple, bricks. but it yeah. felt so, we it was like so to be able to be yeah. seen for, cause I think a lot of times it makes you feel like I have to fix this. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. But it was so uh, much of a relief for someone to say, you get to be sad about that. It don't mean that that is not acknowledged, seen, that you get to just like turn your head or now it's healed. It's like, no, there's that void. It will always be there. You get to be sad about it, but you're just working with it as opposed to pretending that it's not there. And that was just so profound for me. Like I had to turn off the episode because it's like, I, sometimes that's all you need to hear. Yes, you get to be sad about this. You're that's warranted. All you need to hear. That's you all you need to hear. You are allowed to have negative feelings. Yes. Negative feelings do not need to be fixed. 
They need to be supported through. Mm -hmm. That's it. You are allowed to be sad, to be mad, to be frustrated, to even be jealous. Mm -hmm. They don't need, you don't need to fix it. You just need to deal. You need to, I call it riding the wave, ride the wave of that emotion and be supported through find coping strategies to get through. Right. And that's hard for parents who have caused Mm -hmm. that sadness in you sometimes because they feel like, oh, well, when are you going to let it go? Yes. (laughs) Like but it's that I, simple. When I teach my parents, like I say, I say, you know what? You want your kid to have all of these emotions because you want them to know how to deal with it while they're with you and you can support them and help them through as opposed to them being the entitled weirdo asshole who doesn't know how to deal with anger or jealousy or frustration <laughs> out in the real world. So Man. let them have all those range of emotions with you and give them coping strength. You're mad? You, you jealous of your friend because he got whatever bike and you don't? You're allowed to be jealous. I understand. We ain't got a lot of money. I can't get that bike. What do you want to do to deal with your jealousy? Is there some kind of something else that you maybe we can do or get right. that, that will make you happy that is in our budget? But you can't have that bike. That's life. That's unfair. And I understand. And if you need a moment, you need to be pissed off. You can do that in your room. That's cool. No, what happened to our household? Where, where are you all mad? Why are you all this and that? You ain't got no reason to be jealous of that. We don't have to do nothing in the first damn place. You know, you hear all of that. Right. Right. I was just going to ask, how do you get to a place to where you can have that conversation or, or you can get other parents to have that conversation, which I know is, you know, the whole brand, right? Because... Yes. I wish I would be mad about something. <laughs> I wish they would tell me straight up, or because that was one thing that I used to be mad about as a child. Which you know, you a damn child, so why are you doing that? Was what my main thinking should have been, but it wasn't. I was just always like, why can't I have an opinion, or like, why can't I know? Because I was You're just trying to, to understand. To. You know, yes. right? Yes, and so that that is literally a class. That that's one of my classes, and it's helping parents. We call it acknowledge, accept, and offer acceptable solutions, right? Mm. So acknowledge whatever the feeling is, okay? You're angry. You you might even do it in your, you know, oh, you big mad, you upset, okay? You know, (laughs) oh, you you know, you tripping, you a little, you a little jealous, huh? Okay, (laughs) acknowledge it and then Mm. accept it. You know what? Even empathize, you know what? I be hating sometimes too. I know we broke, but I'm trying. <laughs> that, that that's real. Connect with me. Right. That, that's what we I don't understand right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying working two jobs. I'm really trying, but you know, don't think I don't be jealous too. You know, just like he got that bike, I saw his mama's Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. and I had a little envy of mine too. Right. But you know, we, we got a lot of things, you know, we, we, we can make it through and then offer some acceptable solutions, you know, I, when when I get the feeling jealous of other people, you know, I go I start looking at the things that I do have mm-hmm. and finding something that I really enjoy in the house. Is there something offer acceptable solutions? If it's mad, a lot of times we scare away from like punching the pillow or tearing up paper. But especially if your child is neurodivergent, so ADHD, autism, a lot of times movement is kinetic and it helps to relieve emotions, anger. Mm-hmm. It's also why me and Dustin go to sex. It helps to deal with emotions. So, because movement is kinetic, right? And so... (laughs) It sure is. Connect, I could. (laughs) And so, having something like a construction box of paper, so they're not tearing your shit up, they have something they can go to to tear up when they're angry. Or a pillow or a big bed that they can box up when they get upset. 
mm-hmm. and deal with their anger. That is okay. Have a trampoline or somewhere they can jump. Movement helps to relieve anger. So giving them acceptable co- coping strategies to deal with those negative emotions, but acknowledge it, accept it. Everybody has a range of emotions and they should be allowed to live in that. Mm. Right. That's why when kids, you see them when they're sad or crying, they like jumping up and down or rolling around and parents are like mad at that. But it's like, yeah. And I'm not a parent. So obviously I'm speaking from a place of privilege, but (laughs) because I'm sure after a while it's like, woo, child, stop, you know, but it's like, of course, they're jumping around or, or rolling around in the ground because it's like they're trying to get it out. They're trying to get, get it, out. it out. Yeah. Yes, and I can exactly. see that in kids, but I also understand for the parents that this is probably their 15th tantrum today that in part. two years straight. And it's like how much, how conscious and gentle parenting can you be when you've been working all day? But when you got the tools and you put it in their life regularly, the tantrums come down. That's what I tell parents. I'm not telling you tantrums are going to completely go away. Because they learn how to deal with tantrums by having tantrums. But you shouldn't be having 15 a day. I want you to get to having one a day and then one a week and then one a month. Right? Because if we're naming and taming emotions and we're giving them proper coping strategies, eventually, like my once two-year-old was doing and still at four-year-old was doing, they have those tools. And so when they get that emotion, instead of rolling around on the ground, they <laughs> going and banging on the drum because they mad. Instead, they just banging on the drum. That's a great right. We, we, we right. literally have a drum in my parents' room, and she's just getting, ah! <laughs> like, yeah, all right, it's time to turn up. Okay, she's mad. <laughs> I really love that. And this is what will allow the parents and kids to be friends later in life. Because I think a lot of what we're experiencing now is that our parents want to be closer to us. Mm -hmm. And they feel a way (laughs) that we don't have that emotional connection. And it's like, you know, I'm sorry, but it's a challenge at this point. You know, when your parents didn't make room for your range of emotions and create that emotional connection then. So obviously the long-term rewards are, man, out of this world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So at, so positive discipline is based off Adlerian theory. And at, and Alfred Adler, who is what Adlerian theory is based off of, is the, the founder of individual psychology. So person per psychology, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the idea and basis is that people need to feel a sense of belonging and significance, mm. period. And if they don't feel that sense of belonging and significance, then they will act out. And then Mm. that comes back into that misbehaviors communicating unmet needs, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm capable and I feel like I have a role in this community, I feel like I belong and I'm significant. If I feel like you care about my feelings and my emotions and words are counted and listened to, I feel a sense of belonging and significance. If I feel like you're giving me attention and we're spending time and we're connected, I feel a sense of belonging and significance. And if I feel like I have autonomy and I have a say and choice in what's going on in my world, then I feel a sense of belonging and significance. Ooh. That's dope. When you and break the way it down that that like trickles. that, you know? And the way yeah. that that trickles, if y'all notice, like, if you grew up, right, in a household where you didn't have a sense of belonging and significance, and I should only speak for myself with this one, but... It trickles into your romantic relationships as an adult because yep. I'm avoidant. So now it's like I almost used to get all, not Dustin getting. 
Dusty, yeah. girl, uh, no, I'm an avoiding partner where it it almost I have to make you feel insignificant because it's like part of my independence. And it, it, I would always um, attract anxious people who I could kind of play that game with because yep. their need for it and then my ability to ignore them. And it just was a terrible cat and mouse thing. But that's what would get me high in a way. But, you know, I had to realize, like, this is terrible. It's unhealthy. It's cruel. These people yes. are anxious, you know, and, and I'm getting high off of my supply. And it's just... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But I realized like, oh, okay, I see what I'm re- like recreating, you know, and just the ways that it shows up in, in other, even in business, like it'll show up. And it's so fascinating how you have to start cleaning all that shit up if you want to be in healthier business dynamics and healthier romantic relationships. And even with your friends, you know, you have to clean that shit up. It's so funny you say that, Fran, because you know y'all know black women always going to get degrees and certificates. So my next child, <laughs> shout out so to my Crystal. Next step, <laughs> I'm gonna be positive discipline in relationship and Ooh. positive discipline in the workplace. There is a certification for that. I believe there is it. Literally, the miss all of that I just pulled out for children. There is a whole in relationship thing for that of seeking revenge, of seeking power struggles, of seeking uh, inadequacy, and of seeking attention in relationships and how that shows up. Because the idea of the mistaken Ooh. goal, right, is that you aren't getting a need met, and so your brain is just like, oh, okay. I'm going to do this to get my need met. Yep. And it's usually a mistaken idea of how to get that need met. So right. it's like, oh, you're not paying attention to me? I'm going to blow your phone up. I'm cheating. That's, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't want to listen to what I have to say and validate my feelings? I'm going to slash your motherfucking tie. That ain't going to work. <laughs> that's not going to work. Oh, okay. It's not my. You don't want to listen to the rules in my house. Okay, bet. All right. You know what? I'm gonna I'm go ahead and just make sure I lock the doors and change the locks. Cause this is my house. That ain't that ain't gonna help the relationship. It ain't. <laughs> you always telling me what the goddamn do in this house. I don't never have no voice in this house. You know what? I'm just not gonna do nothing. You gonna get kicked out. So like. <laughs> so if you get kicked out when you do change the locks, it is right. No. <laughs> Yes. Mistaken goals. You're not yes. getting the things that you seek in that relationship, and you have a mistaken idea of how to get it, and you misbehave and lash out. Oof. What's the yes. first step for these parents that, even through this conversation, are having some exploding pictures because they're like, oh, that's me, that's me, that's me? What is the very first step in trying so to it depends fix on this? How they learn. If you are a reader, I would strongly, strongly encourage you to read first Dr. Joy DeGruz's uh, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. Mm -hmm. It is an amazing book, especially if you're a Black parent. It is an amazing book. And then also there's this book that's like, um, what is it? Parents, uh, Children of Narcissistic Parents. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love that book. Let me, let me, because I got it on Audible and in book What is it like? Emotional children of something emotionally unavailable parents i read that (laughs) listen it is necessary it is necessary and then there's multiple books so there's adult children of emotionally immature parents that's the one but then there's also self-care for adult children of emotionally immature parents 
So the, it's uh, it's by uh, Dr. Lindsay C. Gibson, and she very, has three very books. Powerful book. Powerful book. Mm-hmm. And then there's follow-ups to that book that actually give you actable tools to use. So mm-hmm. if you're a reader and you're a black parent, those are the two books that I that I recommend for you. Um, and then of course. Come and see you, girl. Take some courses because we, yes. if you're a person <laughs> who likes to do it in activity, I'm going to do what we did on the first episode. And a lot of my classes just role plays and activities and getting them to feel the information. Yeah. And mm. what I, I call myself, a lot of times people call me a parent expert. I hate that. I facilitate <laughs> conversations because what I'm trying to do is ask questions and get you to tell me the mm-hmm. answers and get you to provide me the information because you know this information from your experiences you have a wealth of experiences but you just don't know the right questions to ask to pull this out of you and that's my job that's what i do um so absolutely um i've also partnered with uh, a, a creator called the multiple mom she oh, her name is Owens. Her. yes she's amazing she has two sets of coach twins and one wow. singleton coach p she's coach amazing <laughs> she is a family wellness expert she has licenses and certifications in nutrition and sleeping and everything and we've partnered to uh bring parenthood capital h lowercase t <laughs> Yeah, and it, what it is is a Black parenting resource for parents who are looking to do their own self-work. Um, so it's family wellness and conscious parenting and conscious peopling all together in a what platform. A blessing. Incredible. And we're on Patreon. So that's what we're doing. But the, So you have different, different ways of going about this. But the first thing that you're going to need to do is really get into looking at how this affects your life. So being honest about what your parents went through, what you are going through. I always tell people to be honest about their triggers. Look at what triggers you, Face how them. your body responds. Cause a lot of us don't even realize we're triggered, right? So mm-hmm. are your armpits a little sweaty, mom's spaghetti, right. you know, hot, hot, <laughs> hot neck, hot face. Or if you, you know isolate. Or is people that yeah, isolate? Isolating. Yeah. Your, mm-hmm. Is your voice register picking up? Mm-hmm. It could be something really small, but your child has probably triggered a high stress response in you because we have short windows of tolerance yeah. right. for everything we've gone through. And so being honest about those triggers will help you come up with coping strategies for when those things happen again. So now, because I know that my children telling me no is a trigger for me, I got the trigger. So I immediately will probably be like, no, mommy. I'd be like, she ain't got no power. I got all the power. Figure out what's going on. <laughs> like, like, did I get back in? Yeah, really, really back in. <laughs> now, the last thing before we get out of here that I mentioned to you in our convo was that there are people who believe that conscious parenting and this gentle parenting movement is an agenda to make parents more passive (laughs) so that the government can just get in there and break the black family dynamic. Oh my God. (laughs) No, but my favorite was Natasha's response. She started laughing. (laughs) Aside from that. (laughs) So I'm going to be very, very honest. So the first thing I'm going to say is, my nigga, have you looked at the black parenting dynamic? It's already broken. <laughs> right. So. Start there. Like, what? <laughs> like, okay. But also, yeah, nigga, it's an agenda. I'm the agenda chief. I can't speak for all the other. 
That's the part that every wrote. She was like, it is a motherfucking agenda. <laughs> it, it, it is a motherfucking agenda. I can't speak for all other countries' parents. I'm not going to put them on the line. I'm going right, to put right. me and Princess, because I know she got my back on the line, <laughs> yeah. and say, yes, motherfucker, it's an agenda. We coming for you. What, what did Uncle T say? Yeah. I'm calling you. We coming for yeah. you, nigga. Uh, <laughs> I am coming to make your houses more empathetic, respectful, and loving. Watch out. Because the basis of this agenda is abolition. And my belief and my work for abolition is we can't just let everybody out of prison. That's not realistic. There are rapists there. But if we're meeting the unmet needs of people when it starts in the home as children in communities where it starts, then we have less people in prison. Hmm. So, yes, my my agenda is abolition. And I'm starting in your homes. Yes, I, I am the agenda. It's take me. that, take that, take that. <laughs> 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 Natasha, please tell all the parents, all the soon-to-be parents, those entertaining parenthood, or even just caretakers in general, tell them where they can find you. And of course, I'm going to list all the links down below, so don't worry, but tell them where they can find you. Absolutely. So I have a small business, supernovamama.com is where you can find that, where I do workshops, I do public speaking, and I do an eight-week course where it's you're with me and a group of like 50 other people trying to change their parenting. And Mm. we work together for eight weeks and go through all of my information and discourse together. I'm actually in the middle of one right now, and it's been so enriching and loving. Um, And then you can also find me just recently this year at (laughs) supernovaparenting.org because I just started a nonprofit. The IRS said yes. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. The goal is to offer all of my services and anything else that I can come up with, honestly, because I'm looking uh, for free to black and neurodiverse families, mm. neurodivergent families. What a resource. Uh, right. So that that is so important to me because a lot of times the main people that need it cannot afford to pay. Shoot, even my prices and my prices below. I have tiered pricing systems and scholarships and everything. Um, and then my peers, they be charging like thousands of dollars. Oh, I bet. So, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and so, you know, so having that, having the ability to offer it for free and then getting grants and everything was something that was so close to my heart. And I worked really hard for that nonprofit. So I'm very proud of that. Wow. So supernovaparenting.org. Um, and then now you can find me on Patreon at Black Parenthood. That's Woo, exciting. Parenthood on Patreon. And it, it has tears. Um, so it goes from just getting like a newsletter and some videos to getting two workshops a month, newsletters, videos, a group chat, everything, um, some live Q&As and everything. So check that out whenever you would like to. And then you can always find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to step back because every my um, my business partner says I get too much free information away. <laughs> And it'd be good. She gets like, to me all the time well. about that. She's, She's like, like, save that for the Patreon, okay? Yeah. <laughs> she gets on to me about that so much. But people be ignorant, and I just be wanting to educate, and I just be wanting to help. And then Twitter is my is my is my comfort place because mm-hmm. I, I used to be there to just talk stuff, and then as I grew as a person, now I talk talk, talk stuff. And I love so. how you. I honestly, I love how you utilize Twitter because. 
you know, with videos going viral of kids and parents and just Mm -hmm. even adults wilding out, people will tag Natasha and be like, so how would you fix this? So what would you do in this situation? And she'll like, you know, create a thread and break it down on on some options. And I just think it's it's so resourceful and so brilliant. And I love how the parents will literally be under the comments like, yo, I never considered that. Or thank you for bringing that perspective and you're brilliant. Yes. I'm a huge fan. Yes. We're thankful for you. We're yes. so thankful that you came on the show. And you know what? I also want to shout out OK So Mick, who was a Black Business of the Week many years ago with her graphic design company. And I noticed that she's who did your logo for yeah. Yeah. So yes. love that full yes. circle moment. Shout out to Mick. And so this is our ecosystem. We're so happy to have you back. I don't know if you have any last words you want to bless our, our listeners with before you get well, out of you here. see how my skin is popping, the ecosystem is also working because, you know, this is a exorb. Come on, yes. donkey milk. Same, same, same. Dustin said I looked young today, uh, so I appreciate yes. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shout out to Mercedes and Exor BB. Yes. Okay, so Mick, Coach P, Parenthood, Natasha Nelson, thank you so much for joining us today. You are always, always, always. a pleasure. And I'll see you yes. on Twitter with more questions for you. You know, I, I don't mind. Oh, yeah. You know, I hop oh, right yeah. in your mentions like, friend, what should I do about these kids right here? <laughs> <laughs> Always, always. You know, it's always love. As many people said, I was there for the first episode. So Ah, it's always been love. That's so cool. Thank you so much. And as always, those of you listening, we hope you love this episode as much as we do. We love you so much. And we will catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Yes. Bye.